submitted for your consideration. Man has always challenged nature, thinking that they contain the elements. But what happens when nature changes the rules and fights back? This is a Nature vs. Man 2 for one literary licensed podcast episode exploring science fiction and horror and weighing the outcomes of a dying planet with your co-hosts Keith Chalco, John Wilson, Vicki Ray, and Jesse Fultz. Man will forever be changed. Hello, welcome to Literature License Podcast, and today is our Nature versus Man, and we're discussing Ticks from 1993 and Stung from 2015. And before we get started, let's find out who's with us. First, we have Joe Randazzo. Hello, Joe. Hello, everyone. How is everyone today? Debatable. Oh, doing well. <laughs> Debatable. <laughs> it's hot, and there's no air conditioning in northern New York. <laughs> And we have Vicky Ray with us. Hello, Vicky. <laughs> Hi, everybody. And myself, Keith Shago. And before we get started, let's find out what we've been up to. We'll start with you, Vicky. What have you been up to since last time we spoke to you? <laughs> Not a whole lot. I've uh, just traveled up here to the Great White North to see my parents. Just hanging out, doing the Lake Ontario thing, and trying to see some old friends. But other than that, it's been pretty chill. Mm-hmm. Reading lots, reading lots. Yeah, I'm waiting for nine. I'm waiting for the rest of Fear Street. I think it starts today. Yeah, the, the third finale is, tonight. So. I have to check that out still. Oh cool. my god, I love it! It's gruesome, and and it's got it's full of blood cannons and gore. You know, the more blood cannons, the better. <laughs> awesome! <laughs> I'm looking forward so to what checking about this out. Yourself, Joe, what are you been up to? I uh, haven't been doing much uh, in the way of any of any projects or anything. Uh, waiting to hear back on on a couple of things that I've uh, that I've sent out. I know the um, uh, the submissions open up for a, uh, for a film festival. I've been waiting for tomorrow, so I'm going to send a couple of projects I've been working on to them and seeing what uh, seeing what comes out. Maybe I'll uh, travel a little in the, in the next year. And oh, I, that would be excellent. Got these uh, these two screenplays that uh, my my writing partner and I finished, and if we can get them out and, and travel with them and and meet some people, and after a year cooped up, oh my god, yeah. If I could if I could get out to a couple of film festivals and have uh, have an excuse to hit a couple of cities, it'd be beautiful. I can't. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully some of those pan out. But uh, otherwise, I haven't really been doing much. Well, myself, I've been watching a bit of Netflix, um, watch a fantastic Italian horror that they have on there called A Classic Horror Story, which I quite liked a lot. I got to watch that. Yeah, I started okay. this week. The finale to Fear Street is tonight where it gets set place, sets place in 1666. The witch oh, time. oh, yeah, that's right. I, I can't wait. I can't wait to watch that. I've been like. Ah, because I, I didn't think I was going to like it at first. It's kind of reminiscent of American Horror Story a little bit. Kind of, sort of. It's yeah. kind of got that 1984 feeling to it. I don't know if you don't have to talk about Campy, maybe a little bit. I think they've done a really good job with it. Because to be honest, you actually care about the characters. And that's really Yeah, hard. you do. They've actually spent a lot of time with that. But I think that has a lot to do with R.L. Stein. And yeah. Because it's part of his series. And apparently these do very good very well. Netflix is thinking about doing a whole Fear Street um, series. 
based on each of the books sort of thing. So it's Oh, man, cool it's too. excellent. I love it. And what else have I been watching? Yeah, just bits and bobs and stuff like that. Um, finished off all my contracts, so they're all sent off. So Yay. Yeah, wait, um, wait and see what my agent comes up with me next. See what other... Tell her, tell her not to cheap out on you. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, some of it's quite good. I mean, um, I mean, it's what I've, you know, I get things I can say about is Red Dead Redemption 3 is looking, is, I think it's going to be a, a good little game and Grand Theft Auto 6 looks like it's going to be quite Do They fun. still have all the little, uh, the little, you know, Easter eggs with like the hookers and the cars and all that stuff that I didn't know about when my 10 year old years ago was playing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I guess another good thing about it is that there's a lot of nods to films and television in the GTA series and also in the Red Dead Redemption sort of thing. So there's going to be some, there's some um, Italian horror nods in the new one. So in the Red Dead Redemption. So that was quite fun to nice. look at that and look at, and you know, it's quite funny because when they do give you this, you have to go to the studio and you have to sign an NDA and, and you right. get to see like you get to see like what all the landscapes are going to look like, and what all the, each of the characters are going to look like. So it's quite fun. I mean, they should be out in twenty twenty five and twenty twenty six. So we got a while. <laughs> so. Oh damn, man! God, I'll be I'll be ready for the home by the time. <laughs> yeah, precisely. <laughs> Dead and buried by the time some of this stuff comes. Dead out. and buried. I know. It's like no one will even know who we were. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just I'll just be a footnote on some credits of someone who, who never reads them at their computer game because they're so long. They're like <laughs> 10 minutes long with the credits. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> true. In there somewhere. Well, you know, have you ever noticed like with certain movies, you know, everybody gets 50, 100, 250. You know, people like throw money at you to, to, to do your movie. They'll donate a little money. Well, like, you know, Vincent's movies, say per se. And you know, you got the, the litany of people that you got to recognize. You're just like, where's my name? I know my name's in there somewhere. <laughs> where's my name? It was like that for Never Hike Alone. It's like, oh, there's yeah. a literary life. There's a literary license podcast. There it is. <laughs> buried, buried amongst them. Cast of thousands. Is he yeah. doing another one? Um, the, third, the third one's being made now. So I can't wait. I can't wait. That's a good job. on I mean, just think about if uh, back in the day, like when Cecil B. DeMille was making movies and, you know, now you have to like list everyone, don't you? Could you imagine, you know, you still be watching that film, the, the credits just by dummy, like listed the cast of thousands. Seriously, the, ten, the Ten Commandments. Can you imagine how many people probably got left out of the credits on that one? And I'd be pissed. Like, like Gone with the Wind. It's just like all the gaffers. Where's the gaffers? <laughs> Like, now know, they they just now they just um, CGI the crowd scenes in the background now don't they? So, yeah, you, cast you of thousands. Yeah, I had uh, I, a cast I, of thousands. When I was living in LA, I had one friend that um, uh, went into uh, to do some CGI stuff for uh, for um, Man of Steel. They just photographed him and they like they like doubled and tripled him up and put him all over the place in crowd scenes. It's less people to yeah. pay to. Besides, they pay as well. Yeah, that's why I don't they can do it now. I was like, we were watching, me and Asher were watching, was it King Kong versus Godzilla or whatever. And we were just, just the see, I was so amazed at the special effects. You know, I love the soundtrack. I got to really download that soundtrack because I totally love it. You know, I've got to, I got to pick up the Blu ray to that. I'll send, uh, I'll send Shanta my, uh, 
my digital copy because uh, her little girl actually uh, we, we were hanging out the other day and we went into Target and Shanta's two-year-old makes a beeline straight for the Godzilla toy and grabs it. And I was like, well, I can't say no to that. So <laughs> it's a little Godzilla fan already. Sweet little kid. She's adorable. What a cute little, kid. Uh, she, she really is. So I mean, yeah, the only bad thing about CGI and not using real people is that um, some, we got two film magazines over here called Toto Film and the other one's called Empire. And what they used to do is like, you know, like they had like Deep Impact or one of those disaster right. movies. What they would do is and you have all these people running from something. So what they would do is they would freeze a frame and then blow it up and see the people's faces and, get to, and they're like laughing. <laughs> so. was, I can't remember what movie it was in, but I always laugh because you have the, you know, the Asian people and they're all looking back running and you know, it's like one of those Godzilla things going on. Somebody was making, I can't remember the movie, but I saw that and I couldn't stop laughing. Some people sneak that in to their clips or once in a while. Like, oh, there it is again. They recycled that same thing. Well, they do that a lot. I mean, that's how Edward made his films is through stock footage. <laughs> yeah. Oh, stop animation. That's like basket case, you know? It's like, how do they do that? I go, I could stop animation. Mm-hmm. What a disgusting, lovable movie that was. Yeah. Oh, all of them are. <laughs> I mean, I just hope that's not for people that are hitting people. puberty or getting all their ideas from. That's all I got to say. Yeah. There's something I was watching the other day that it was obvious stock footage of New York, but the movie was clearly shot in like Toronto. Right, like, right. No street in New York looks like that. <laughs> yeah. A bit like Jason yeah. takes Manhattan. <laughs> yeah. L.A. Isn't it L.A. or something? Uh, yeah. Well, they said, I mean, they said uh, Toronto doubles for New York a lot. I mean, X-Files. Um, yeah. I mean, that um, Supernatural. I mean, they're all filmed up there. I so. think the only one that can get away with Double recycling, like recycling the car accident or over the flipping car is Lloyd Kaufman. Oh yeah, because <laughs> our movie is cheap is his whole thing. <laughs> it's he recycles that flipping of the car thing all the time. I go, there's the it's car. Actually, it's actually funny because the the Fast and Furious movies, the first the first few take place entirely in LA, and I'd never seen them until about a month or so ago. Really? Uh, my yeah. So I'm watching the first one, and I'm watching this initial heist that's clearly taking place. On the New Jersey Turnpike uh, by uh, Elizabeth, New Jersey, because you could see like yeah. the you know, like it's obviously Elizabeth, New Jersey, and the then Garden we cut State the, Parkway too. The, yeah, the Garden State Parkway that that might be what it is. Which one goes through Elizabeth? Like right Elizabeth by Newark Garden Airport. Garden State Parkway. Well, there's Highway Nine too. It's been but a while. Was, yeah, but this was right right there, like b- between the airport. That's, that's, and, that's and, the term. That's the Garden State Parkway. And yeah, and it's funny because it's like, oh, okay, and then and then, and then they show like all these palm trees and everything. I'm like, wait a sec, like, oh yeah, there was a heist last night on this highway. I'm like, but that highway's in New Jersey. Why are you investigating <laughs> <Yeah>. in LA? <laughs> well, you know, we you, you do what you well, gotta do, worst, right? Get the worst case of that is Stanley Kubik's um, full metal jacket, because that's all supposed to take place in um, Vietnam, and it takes place in the Docklands in London. So basically, they had to like plant all these palm trees around, and they're walking around like this park in London. <laughs> How funny! I didn't know that. But but if but if you, I mean the thing is, if you pay close attention when they do pan back or a pan pan screen back a little bit, you can see some of the London skyline in the background. Oh, <laughs> really? That's great. Yeah. I'll have to pay attention next time. 
Well, that's because Stanley Kubrick had a thing about leave, leaving England because he became he became quite weird. The older he got, the weirder he became. As hard as his little phobia. Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. They're all a little like they all got their little peculiarities, though. All those. Well, I think the only time he ever traveled was um for The Shining. I think every I think everything else is pretty much filmed here, sort of thing. Yeah, so. I can't think of any any film of his that was shot outside of outside of the UK. Mm-hmm. I, I even thought The Shining was. I just assumed it was. I don't yeah, think they no, did. Did they, did they shoot it any any of it in Colorado? They, yeah, they filmed they filmed it at the Overlook Hotel. Oh, did they? Yeah. I was going to say because that would be hard to make a set of. They had to have done it there. Yeah. That's almost. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised they actually filmed at the Overlook because I'm surprised they didn't do what they did for the Changeling. The Changeling, the outside of the house, the house. Was outside. But the, the, the changeling, the, the interiors, they built that whole set. They built the whole inside house. So it all connects. Through. I read where they actually used a house house, though, too. There they was used a the house, house to the outside, but the inside is actually an all soundstage. They rebuilt the whole interior. For that oh, movie. shit. I didn't know that. I was wondering, what the hell was I listening to? That's another one we're covering soon. Yeah, we're covering changeling in season well, I can't five. wait. I love that stuff. I love that movie. So, yeah, it'll, it'll be I cool. know. I, I don't know anybody that... There's a really like good it. Blu-ray of the Changeling out now that has a really good documentary about how they built the sets. And oh, really? I would love to see that. The mm-hmm. Shot Factory release, or yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I still have my old DVD of it somewhere. Yeah, it wasn't so much. It wasn't it as well. It's got a really good booklet as well. It wasn't so much the gore, I think, but God, the Changeling was just intense intensely scary and they did such a fantastic job with it. i don't think anybody but George C. scott would have pulled that one off he just he just was so believable yeah he he's a great actor but then of course he did do a bit a few bumpy bumpy movies there like firestarter and <laughs> yeah well he always said but his is quite decent so he was he's always so. a strong he's a strong actor he's, he's still alive isn't he no George C. scott passed away yeah, I don't keep up on these things. <sighs> well, that brings us to Ticks, the 1993 film. Which is also known as Infested, is a direct-to-video horror film directed by Tony Randall. Tony Randall also directed Hellbound 2, Hellraiser 2, and Waxwork, and of course, a little film that was. I love Waxwork. Children of the Night from 1991. Um, Now now he's retired, poor guy. But um, but the film will star uh, Peter Scottelary, Seth Green, Rosalind Allen. Emmy Dolance, which is also Mickey Dolance's daughter from the Monkees, um, Alfonso Ribeiro, and Clint Howard. And then this actually became quite the family affair film. So what we're going to do is cut to the trailer of Ticks, and we'll be right back. Come get your bags, guys. This place looks worse than the projects. It started out small. It's got measles bumps. It's a tick. Vampires of the insect world. A part of Mother Nature's wonder. What is so inspiring about bugs and insects and snakes? But then they grew. Don't move. There's something on your back. Get it off now! And grew. 
don't touch it if you don't know what it is. Don't touch it, it attacked me. Unimaginable. Ticks do not get this big. Unthinkable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Where civilization ends, the nightmare begins. Everybody, get up, Jack! It's not nice to mess with Mother Nature. Hello, welcome back to the Trail License Podcast, and we're discussing Ticks from 1993. And Vicky, what are your thoughts of Ticks? It was disgusting. I loved it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't like arachnids of any form, and especially ones that like are blood suckers and their head gets stuck in your skin. That that's like a double whammy right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got a kick out of the characters. Because it was kind of, it was really campy though. Did y'all think it was campy? Oh hell yeah! That that was the fun of it. <laughs> that was the campiest I've seen in a while. I, I hadn't seen it in a couple of years, but uh, I, I I really loved it. I liked the the the, the two what, what what the the two uh, bad guys there that were growing the what were they what were they feeding their cannabis? <laughs> they were giving it steroids. Um, ster- ster- steroid um, fertilizer. Yeah, steroid fertilizers. Like, what do you expect? You know, if you're going to stuff that, you know, you're going to get some of the local wildlife involved. You know, so. But I mean, they had these. They were disgusting. I mean, and they just their ticks are disgusting anyway. You looked at one under a microscope or a magnifying glass. It's it's. I I didn't even know until a couple of years back they were part of the spider family. And I'm not fond of spiders. Well, they gave you Lyme disease as well. That too. Another cause of Lyme disease. And the worst thing about it is once they're in you, you can't pull them out because if you pull them out, their head lives inside you and it curls itself inside you. So you have to actually take like a match or something hot and hit them with it. And that's the only way that way they took that way they pull their head out of your skin and then you can pull them off and they're just feeding in your blood. We've got some of those nasty little pests in Texas and they're just. Yeah, my uh, my first uh, the first place I lived in in Illinois was by a forest preserve. So yeah, we would get ticks all the time. It's disgusting. I've never had one on my personal body before, but I've seen people are walking around. They had one on their forehead. Didn't know it was there. It's like, oh man, should we tell them? <laughs> it's like, yeah. But filled, I mean, his body's filling with blood. <laughs> oh, I mean, I've seen poor dogs, like like dogs that have been just out in the wild, and I mean just blood bags hanging off of them you know you have to call somebody saw these poor babies it's like god that what a disgusting parasite i came i mean if you want to disgust people it's one of those things you could do is make a movie about large ticks you know i felt sorry for the dog why do we have to have a dog kill though why i'd rather <laughs> don't kill the dog in both movies this this week too <laughs> i know it's like quit killing dogs i could care less about anything else people can die all they want Children and dogs are off limits. <laughs> I mean, they. Um, I mean, the reason I think the reason for the dog thing is basically it gave, it gave us a reason to give us disposition about what's going on and what ticks do because that way it got us to the vet and then the vet was able to explain what ticks do. So 
sort of thing. We got a little bit of Seth Green at the beginning, pulling right. a tick off a regular size tick, and then basically then we got the whole story behind it and how they bury themselves in and that, that so. scene in the vet's office is great i love that that, <laughs> that, that, that that whole business with the uh them having to chase it around and it's coming up behind them it's fantastic i love that and i mean it was actually you know pretty decent you know uh of having a blind moment again special effects yeah i mean it was it was pretty decent i mean it was believable I mean, they, they the were movie gross. cost one point five million. I think the movie cost one point five million to make. Yeah, I believe you're right. Really? One, 1. You know, it cost one million to make, and it's all done with special effects. You no, know, way before CGI. One point five million for a direct-to-video movie in 1993. They had That's a budget. A of one, they had a budget of one million, and it was running time of eighty-five minutes. May twenty-fifth, nineteen ninety-four. It wasn't made direct-to-video to begin with. It actually went to the, the multiplexes as infested. Because the um, the studio executives didn't like the word ticks, so they called it infested, and of course it sang. Infested, and then of course yeah. when it went out the video, then all of a sudden it became a huge success. So, but they did. I mean, they did release it in the states as infested for about a week. Oh, it was released as infested. Yeah. Well, they used the and um, you know, like the scenes with Clint Howard were actually added in. They weren't actually part of the original script. They had to come back and shoot those. And added him in there. And he was chewing the scenery, man. That was fun watching him. What's that? Watching Clint, Clint Howard, Howard was just a blast in this movie. He's yeah. so over I'm the top. Infested. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it was kind of family affair. I mean, if you think of that, um, his father's in the movie as yeah, the sheriff. Rance Howard is, yeah, the sheriff. Yeah. Which is the only thing missing with Ronnie. But he was <laughs> who, who ain't doing a movie like this? <laughs> it's a good thing about Clint. Clint always pop. If Clint's in like a really good movie, his brother's directing it. If he's in a he's in a really strange film, it's one that he's picked on his own that some directors picked for him. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, I quite like. I mean, I thought the characters are quite strong. I thought. I thought the the kids. I thought they did a great job with the kids. I mean, I know we get the stereotype kids in it like we normally get in, you know, 1980s, 1990 horror films. But I thought that they, I mean, Seth Green, you always know, get a great performance out of him anyway. Yeah. He did a good job. Yeah. He had his and, hands full. And Alfonso Ribeiro, apparently he did this because he was doing Fresh Prince at the time and he thought this would stop him from getting typecasted after doing Fresh Prince. And I couldn't not see Carlton Banks trying to be a badass. That's all I saw when I, when I was watching those scenes. <laughs> well, I mean, it doesn't help that he's called himself Panic. <laughs> yeah. Panic, yes, Panic. They call me Panic because I never do. <laughs> I never do. <laughs> They, well, they 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 kind of stereotyped him a little bit. The, the you know the the city kid thing, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, but the thing is, you know, what's quite funny about the whole thing is that you know, first of all, you're taking these city kids, right, and you're taking them to the forest, which is fine. You're taking them to the park, but why would you have? Why would you pick them up in like a really rough part of town underneath an underpass? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, that's you're, what I was wondering. You might as well just pick them up at the local crack house, really. I mean, it's pretty much the same thing. Because you wanted to, you wanted to give the shit. idea. I was wondering about danger. that because I was going, why, why are these kids like? Well, I mean, look at look at Seth Green's father. I mean, what I was like, oh, like you know, I, you know, I went off 
drinking with my friends, left you behind. You got lost in the woods for five days. And basically, this has caused a trauma to you. So the best way to do this is send you back to the woods. <laughs> Yay. Father of the year. <laughs> I know. It's just like their kids just, well, you know, these parents pretty much just dump their kids, you know. It's like, well, you know, fuck them. <laughs> you know, I want some time to myself. I mean, I get it. Being a parent or a grandparent or whatever, it's like, oh, you know, but send the kids to camp. I don't know. Did you get sent to camp, Keith? No, I well, I lived on a farm, and that was camp. <laughs> I grew up on a farm. And I drove by your house yesterday. I, I was thinking about you as I drove by your old house on Route Three. Yeah, good old, good old haunted house that was. It looks really good. They fixed it up really nice. Yeah, they did a good job with it, sort of thing. The haunted mansion. Yeah, well, 13 people committed suicide in that house over the years. The house was built like in 1802 or something. Oh, wow. And then the, well, and there's then some oldies the, in that neighborhood. And there's yeah. a cave underneath the house as well that they put them. That's where the Underground Railroad was, yep. where they used to smuggle, smuggle them into Canada for freedom. And yeah, I mean, it's an interesting history of the house. The only problem is that the people that committed suicide wrote their names on the wall and the dates. So they're all like in different. Like different paint or whatever. That's just kind of weird. Fun, fun. Good Growing time was that by all. <laughs> so only but, you yeah. would have grown up in a suicide house. Yeah. Precisely. And they never thought to cover those up over the years. <laughs> um, it, it was kind of like it's kind of weird, but it was um. I mean, I the names. I mean, it, it, it was really hard to find like research on. I mean, I remember we had the. I mean, I didn't find all this out until we had to re. We had this thing in school called local history where you have to like and part. Because of the Sackets Harbor where I grew up, and all the houses are old. So basically, it's Very. just do the history of the house. Because the War of 1812 took place there, and that's pretty much it. And though it's very beautiful, um, unlike yogurt, Sackets Harbor doesn't have a living culture. But <laughs> <laughs> so basically, you're just like holding on to like the War of 1812. So basically, you do yeah. research on your house. And basically, you do research on your house, and you have to go through all these old news all these old papers in the 1800s onwards and that's when all that piled and what the house is used for and it's, it's quite interesting i mean when i was little i mean after reading that i thought that you know the house is haunted but looking back on it i think it's just me going through puberty and freaking out about everything because i was really into horror films anyway so i didn't actually see or feel anything so yeah that's why people always wondered what was wrong with people like us we have nightmares no there's something under my bed quit watching that shit every saturday and friday night (laughs) i think the only horror in my house was actually me (laughs) (laughs) i used to lock my sister in the closet for like hours on end go downstairs watch tv with my mom my mom goes where's your sister i don't know They'd be on the be upstairs in the, in the in the bedroom closet, knocking on it, crying and screaming to get out. <laughs> I don't know where they are. You were, so yeah, you were a terror. <laughs> Precisely. Used to invite my friend Terry Ann over and freak out her sister, and yeah, it was a fun time. Terry Ann. <laughs> Not much has changed, but um, but with ticks, I, I thought that um. I you know I also like that Barry Lynch is in this as well. Now Barry Lynch is the brother of Richard Lynch, and Richard Lynch did a lot of those old '80s horror films and stuff like Bad Dreams, and he's always like the really bad guy. So I thought, but I thought you know that's I thought the cast was very very strong in this, and I quite and I quite like the story too. actually. Yeah, I, I like the story. I don't know. Barry Lynch and Richard Lynch are brothers. I love Richard Lynch. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I just thought it's like, you know, I know it does play up to some, you know, some stereotyping here and there and sort of thing, but There's a I wouldn't say that, you know, for a movie of this age, there's not a lot of cringeworthy things in it as far as like, you know, no. drag or queer or all the other stuff that, that we were probably going to be I touching didn't hear on any a of lot that. next season. <laughs> like these words start popping out. Oh my this. God, I know. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and women being, you know, sexualized and everything like that. You know, we're going to get a lot of them. Um, Abused. <laughs> yeah, a lot of, a lot of breasts on show because it was the 80s. But so, but, um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, overall, I think. But I I like the stop. I thought the stop motion and the special effects in this are very, very well done. I mean, yeah, I think that's probably where the special effects is basically is when you had the 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 fire sequences or when they're showing the you know the the outside sometimes. I don't know why they weren't more of a hurry to get out of the cabin. Yeah, I just don't know why they weren't more of a hurry to get out of the cabin. Well, I did find a bit of a bit of a thing that was kind of odd is that I think this is a blooper, but because Seth Green basically he's he's saving you know the the, the Hispanic stereotype, and right. basically like he goes out to save him, takes the broom, the bur- the tit bursts, the guy jumps down on top of the van, and the van drives away, and then the next thing you got Seth Green driving the van is like how, how did he get to drive the van so quick? Didn't he? Didn't he kind of like? Did he like do that sliding thing on a cable or something? Was that or was that like a little different? I just couldn't understand why Holly just didn't jump in the driver's seat and wait for him to get in. It just makes sense. Like you're gonna have this. It wouldn't make too much sense. Okay, drive you, drive you to safety, and we're gonna got Holly in the background. Like it would have made too much sense. Too easy. Well, what about the what about the father? It's like he's there to be looking after the kids and he's too busy wanting to have sex with Holly. Oh, I know. <laughs> he doesn't even care if they're in there. Ooh, you know? I mean, that, yeah, he should. they should have been watching the kids and not banging, you know? It's like that. that's like rule number one when watching kids, of, especially problem child kids, kids that don't mainstream well into society. And here they are having a jolly old time, totally ignoring what's going on. I mean, what about Barry Lynch's character? I mean... I mean, he's made a steal, that guy. I mean, yeah, yeah. he's he's shooting he's shooting at the van. The van's coming towards him. The van hits him, pulls him through the wall, and he still gets up. That <laughs> 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 like, oh. adrenaline when your life's in danger, man. You just get right up. Broken, yep. broken bones don't matter. <laughs> no, that's true, though. They do say adrenaline takes over. Well, then, I don't know about getting hit by a van, <laughs> I don't know about that either, but it seemed like it seemed good at the time, right? Why well, not? what about what about the mute girl Kelly? It's like she's mute, and so you're watching it, and then she comes out with her story that basically she's mute because she's been gang banged. She someone raped, gang raped her, and you're like, this is taking a dark turn. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, let's go fishing. Okay, <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Well, now that we talked about that, we'll just get on with our lives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because the thing is, I've seen this movie quite a few times. I do own this film. I, I did buy a copy of this film. And I do like this film a lot. And but you know, when you're doing it for a podcast, you have to you start watching it things slightly different, as you know, than when you normally yeah. watch something. And I was like, just watching, going, I'd like rewind that. It's like, does she? Just, is that her? Is that her backstory? Christ? Yeah, like, that's yeah, it. That's dark. <laughs> just comes out with it at one point. The other girl goes, "I didn't realize you could talk." Yeah, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> 
She ends up being the only one with brains, basically. Well, I don't know. I mean, what a, what a place to go fishing at. I mean, it's just like, let's go fishing <laughs> among the reeds. It's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, the only thing you're yeah, going to be fishing for that is the <laughs> They didn't think all that through. I guarantee you. Well, that's a million pounds. I mean, it's made for a million pounds. So basically, they had like a plot of land, and this is let's shoot as much as we can on this plot of land, isn't it? Sort of thing, you know. But that that seems to be the case with yeah, both they today. It's that this is what we had. This is where we're shooting. Yeah, I think so too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, you know, you do learn a valuable lesson that basically that you know if you're going to steroid your marijuana, that nature you know might not be too happy with you and might. <laughs> give you enormous bugs i'm still trying to figure out how they put the steroids in their plants asking for a friend (laughs) (laughs) well what you would do basically is you mix it with the fertilizer and put in the fertilizer and then that and then the stimulants would make your more hearty it would make it more hearty and then hopefully some of the chemical compounds within it would mix within the roots and hopefully give you a stronger stash you got to wonder, though, how that affects the wildlife, though, you know, the, the bugs and things like that. I mean, well, you're kind of wondering what it's doing to your I don't think they're eating smoking it. it as well. I mean, it can't be very good for your, your smoking system, doing that yeah. for the wildlife, <laughs> you know. Yeah, true. It's probably good for making like, you know, clothes or paper, but I'm not sure how good it's going to be yeah, for smoking yeah. and making that strong. <laughs> Yeah, it's sort of like this stuff. Like some kind of fiberglass um, marijuana. (laughs) It's hard to burn. (laughs) (laughs) But but yeah, I thought, I mean, I think overall, I mean, I love Tony Randall's work anyway. I think every time you see his name on something, you know you're going to get something interesting. It's going to be pretty interesting. It's going to be, I mean, there's a little comedy involved too. I mean, everybody knows that if you watch a movie like this, you know it's not supposed to be serious. You know, yeah. so don't, you know, just don't shoot it down completely because it's a lot of fun to watch. I really don't have anything bad to say about it. Oh, no, I don't either. I think it's a very enjoyable film. I like the film a lot. It's, and it's I, a lot I do of fun. think if it had like a lesser director, I don't, I don't, I think it'd be a totally different film. And I think it's a great film because of the director. Yeah. Because he I always gives things, he always gives things an interesting look. I mean, if you look at Waxwork. Or if you I look at Hellbound, Hellraiser 2. I mean, they're very interesting films to watch. And they always... Yeah, they, they're kind of... Those two are kind of thought-provoking a little bit more. And even Children of the Night from 1991 is a very low budget, but God, it's a very interesting film to watch. It's interestingly... He knows how to interestingly shoot things. For something that's quite low budget, he really knows how to take that budget and make it go as far as it needs to go. And and he has a revolting, a revoltive, a repulsive kind of pest too, you know. And you enlarge that, you know, sort of like the shrews. What's that movie called with the giant shrews? <laughs> I, I, think I, I think it is called shrews. Or, is it true? Is it the giant shrews? Something shrews. <laughs> something all black and white film, isn't it? Yeah, it's all black and white. I think I'd rather be able to see a tick coming a mile away, though. It's when it's when they're tiny. Yeah, true. But when and, they you don't up, notice. But those little, did you see how fast they were skittering? Though yeah. they were they were like boogieing. So I mean, you'd have to go fast. Did you see them? They're all, you know, making that clicking noise and stuff. Yeah, drop like a bucket on them and like try to 
try to burn them under the bucket or something. I mean, Oof. another thing about ticks, which this movie didn't show, is that they actually jump quite high as well. Yeah. Because if they're like on you, once they, you know, if they're on you and they, once they feed on you, they'll jump onto the next person. I thought they, they latched onto you just till they blow up. Yeah. I mean, do they really think, yeah, I'm going to have to look this up. I should have if I went and see. <laughs> ticks, I mean, they will literally balloon to extensive sizes. You know, I mean, why? <laughs> you know? I'm sure. I mean, I mean the, th- the thing is about the, the head barreling to you. I mean, at some point, the head's going to have to come out of your skin because once they go off you, they must take their head with them because the head doesn't stay in you. It's no. only when you pull them off that heads, the head lives on. Yeah, that's weird. What a f- I hate bugs, man. <laughs> I just hate them. But we picked the right double feature to <laughs> give you the, the, the fucking creeps today. <laughs> I know. I mean, I, I, I fucking hate bugs. I mean, I live in Texas, and I mean, everything is the size of a sanitation truck there. Mm. You know, they're just huge. Everything is big with legs. I mean, well, that's the reason why I don't eat pecan pie because uh-huh. when I was in Texas, when I was uh, Oklahoma, went down to Texas, <laughs> and I saw the cockroaches, and they look like the giant pecans that you put on pecan pie. And after that, I was like, oh, I they do. Oh yeah. man, I never put that together. Don't ruin me anymore, Keith. Don't just stop yeah. speaking. That's the reason <laughs> no, why I, I can't probably eat won't eat pie. Eat pie. Yeah, they yeah. do kind of. It does kind of. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're giant and they fly. They're giant down there. They, they, they fly. Call them, they <laughs> call them water bugs in Texas. I know they call them water bugs. I go. I don't give a shit what you say. They're fucking cockroaches. It's not a water bug. It's a cockroach. It's a big one. <laughs> They're huge. I don't, care what, I don't care what cute name you give them. They're still disgusting. <laughs> water bug. Oh, it's just a water bug. I go, it's got wings and it's a roach. I know they fly. The females fly. You want to see people panicking, you know? You know, sort of like having a bat in the house. Everybody's got lacrosse sticks and <laughs> everything. They're trying to take out the cockroach. No. <laughs> uh. It's a bit like, um, have you ever noticed, like, like you need, like, a really hot day or, like, a three or four hot days and it's going to rain? And all of a sudden yeah. you get these flying, biting ants all of a sudden. It's like, where the hell do they come from? <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Well, up here, I went up, I went to go, I went somewhere up to check one of the cemeteries. And it is black fly season in full go up here. And I forgot about them. And then dive bomb you. I mean, they will chase you into your car. They will follow you. <laughs> Horse flies. They like, freaking bite you as well. They're horrible. Oh, they'll leave holes in you. Damn, I hate bugs. Oh. I don't you get know it. What, gives, what gives me the most nightmares is those worms that grow in trees and are in that netting. They're the gypsy moth worms. I didn't hardly see any of those yet. They usually take up all the trees on 81, but I didn't see any of it. Yeah, and you have to like burn them off. That's the only yeah, way to you kill burn them. them. They destroy then, all the trees. And they sizzle. They sound like they're screaming when you burn them because they, they have this sizzling, screeching sound, don't they? And it's a really Yeah, disgusting. a little bit. But it's so fun burning them, though. Yeah, it is. But it, it caused me nightmares when I was younger. Like, I don't know. I don't know about- if I see them, because you can see them all growing inside this webbing pod thing it's like, i know it's disgusting you don't know what's on the inside it's nasty that's mm. why in texas i always have a lighter and aquanet i will torch anything that's over it <laughs> <I don't care. laughs> 
<laughs> you might be killing the ozone, but at least those bugs are I dead. Fuck the ozone. I got a cockroach. <laughs> Vicky doesn't go anywhere without her lighter and her I do not. <laughs> No, nope. there's no bugs. Nope. She's, she's got the aqua net wherever I go, man. <laughs> I just need to buy a bunch of chickens so they'll eat all the little bastards, you know? Mm. Yeah, no, insects are quite disgusting. Um, but um, yeah, I remember um, certain ones. I like praying mantises. Praying mantises are cool. I mean, they mate and men eat their husbands. So that's quite interesting. That's the best part about them. They- yeah. Got it going on. I like the way they look. What I don't understand is why the cool. guy just stands there and let her do it. I don't understand. I mean, that that's an interesting case study in biology. Yeah, but it's because he's in the middle of having sex with her. She doesn't why they're having sex. Yeah, it's not like they're having sex and yeah, then he moves well. in and then she but then she's like to eat them. It's like in the, it's in the course of the action. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's in there. He's in there like a dog, like stuck inside her. So he can't go anywhere. <laughs> it's like she's like grabs on. I know they just sort of like bypass all the foreplay and the choking and just go straight for the jugular. <laughs> Precisely. It's like, fine, I'm pregnant now. I'm going to eat you. <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> no entrapment there. <laughs> no. Oh, God. I remember like living in. I remember when I lived in Colorado for a year. I remember that whenever we went to hiking or anything in the spring or summer, that when you came in, you basically had like strip off and then check for ticks and stuff like that, make sure they weren't in you. Sort of thing. So, so. And you get out the old match, run the match, light the match, and hit it and watch them pop off you. Yeah. When I That's used to spend summer to in Sicily, uh, yeah, there were a lot of ticks around there too, and my my uh, my mom was super super protective because of them like i i was like nine ten years old you know or 11 12 whatever whatever year we went but yeah she was on high alert for ticks because coming in from brooklyn you know it's not really that that big a deal but we were like in the countryside in italy so every don't pet that dog don't you dare pet that dog you're gonna get ticks all over you in italy yeah i never assumed italy had a bunch of ticks I mean, uh, Italy's got ticks and mosquitoes are massive there as well. Oh, yeah. I didn't mosquitoes notice were... when I was there. Mm-hmm. Did you go to the country or in the city? Well, I was in Rome, but I mean, we did go to the country, mm-hmm. but I didn't notice anything. I'm glad I didn't now. I'm glad I went ignorant. If I ever go again, I'm not going to be ignorant. So I won't be, I'll be sitting there looking around. <laughs> I mean, the, the worst thing about ticks is that is the Lyme disease and if you know anything yeah. about Lyme disease Lyme disease yeah. can affect you for your whole for your, for your whole life once you get it I think it's the deer ticks that makes 70 it 70 to 80% of infected people develop a rash but then it causes the loss of ability to move one or both sides of the face joint pain severe headaches with neck stiffness and heart palpitations yeah you don't want to deal with that yikes all from a single tick bite well, they say it's the deer ticks I think they're mainly carrying it isn't it mm. Though these ticks, I wouldn't mind them biting me if you got that kind of, you know, you know, hallucinogenic going on. <laughs> oh, I know. Trails. Precisely. Take the place of licking toads. <laughs> oh, can't find a toad. Let's go walk out in the. Let's walk out in the forest and get bit by a chicken. Stand. Yay. <laughs> Thank you.
So, Joe, I guess what we'll do is we'll do our final thoughts of ticks. What's your final thought of the film? Now that tick? we've all well, gone on our tangent. Well, uh, <laughs> bef- before we even do that, I, I had messaged uh, Kevin Tenney, the director of Night of the Demons, uh, because he had made two movies with Amy Dolenz. And I just uh, I just wrote to him, you know, for, forgive me if I've asked you this before, but what was Amy, what was Amy Dolenz like to work with um, doing a podcast on the movie Ticks? And he said she was a doll. That's why I made two films with her. Uh, cute as a button. So apparently, Aww. Amy Delenz was a doll to work with, according to to Kevin Tenney. So, cool. Um, um, I like Ticks. It's uh, it, it's like you said, it's at least interesting, and it's the effects are great. The performances are over the top, especially Clint Howard. <laughs> Clint Howard is so so amazingly over the top that I couldn't look away. Yeah. Um, I uh yeah, I absolutely liked it. Um I know, Clint uh, Howard. You gotta love it when he shows up in a movie. It's like you know it's gonna be some shit. <laughs> oh yeah. Him. Oh yeah. Oh hell yeah. It's gonna be like, it's right, gonna be Clint Howard. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be glorious. You know it is. It's fantastic. Um I absolutely love yeah. watching him. You know there's some fucked up shit ready to come. Yeah. Well you also right. you also they started murdering beautiful people. <laughs> He'd be the last yeah. thing I would well. We're <laughs> <laughs> not pretty easy. Uh, also, uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night uh, Four, I think, was uh, was yeah. was the one that Clint Howard was in, where he th- that had a lot of a lot of bug stuff in it too. So I, I kind of I, I was kind of thinking about that movie while I was watching this too. Um, but yeah, it's it's a fun little movie. Uh, I, I I joked immediately when I when I was watching it. I think I messaged both of you guys when I'm tr- I, I'm trying to buy Carlton Banks as a badass, and I just can't do it. <laughs> but yeah it's it's a fun little movie to watch uh and it's it's quick too it's a breeze it's like 80 something minutes 85 yeah. minutes yeah it's a breeze to watch too so it's uh well, I mean, yeah if you guys haven't watched it check it out this was this was a fun little movie i have to sit there and say though it is hard to be a badass when you when, when you're wearing mc hammer pants <laughs> <laughs> the mc hammer pants <laughs> Can't can't touch it. Do 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 do. Yeah, that's gonna be stuck in my yeah. head again. Today. He's like wearing MC Hammer pants, and then and the, the top half of it was dressed like New Jack City. So he's <laughs> stuck between the two worlds of the nineties. <laughs> kept expecting him to break out into it's not unusual though. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> what about yourself, Vix? What are your final thoughts of Ticks? I thought it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was, it's not believable, but that's what's so fun about it. It's usually the, but I mean, the special effects were great. The actors were great. You kind of got vested in the characters and Clint Howard, (laughs) you know, in the beginning and everything. I mean, it's a fun movie. It's disgusting. That's why you got to love it. I mean, nothing just revolts me or pulses me more than insects. So, you know, insects, I mean, I pay attention to them. It's like, God, I hate them already. But it, it, it's really, it was a great movie. I mean, it was fun. I mean, they didn't I, on it. <laughs> I love that that was your first word description. It's disgusting. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was. I don't even have anything else to say. It was disgusting. But the more disgusting, the better. But it was gross because bugs are gross. Blood-sucking bugs. Large blood-sucking bugs. You know. Yeah. It's it's a pretty heinous topic. I thought it was legit, so I loved it. 
I quite like ticks. I also like it because, um, you know, it has practical effects as well. I mean, this is something that's going to slowly, you know, that slowly disappears after 1993 as well due to CGI. And it's quite nice seeing him. I like I like the performances. I like the way the ticks move. I thought they were very clever, the way their little legs moved and how they yeah. did that. And even the giant tick at the end was fun as well. And I, I don't know. I think it's it's was that the it's extra nice to have a film tick? that you just put on, watch, enjoy it, get grossed out, have a have a couple of jump scares, and just have a good time. It's a good one to get your mates around, have a couple of beers, a couple of joints, yeah. as opposed to get along with the marijuana storyline that goes on here. And, and we forgot we forgot about the extra large tick. We didn't mention the extra large tick, the mother of all ticks. Yeah, I mean <laughs> the extra extra large tick. I don't came know what out of, what's his name's body. Carlton Banks. <laughs> Panic. Yeah, Carlton Banks. Who they don't really Panic. put any credits for anywhere. Hmm. Well, to be honest, the um this idea actually sprung from yeah, the guy who did the special effects. It was just this idea, and then um within six months ago, okay, let's shoot it. It was a quite big turnaround, and I think they've done a fantastic job. I mean, you wouldn't think that this movie only cost a million to make. Think about it in 1993. Considering three years later, Titanic would cost how many billions? Oh God, I don't even remember how much that cost. That was in '95. Yeah, that came out in '95. This is '94. I yeah. think '93. '93. Yeah. So, so if you look, so obviously, you know, by that time, a million pounds didn't go very far. No and shit. They, I thought they did a good job. I mean, they did a lot with it. Yeah. And the giant tick, I mean, coming out of the body and stuff like that was so disgusting and revolting. And I thought they did a really good job of how making, especially making the body spread apart as his first. Yeah, it was disgusting. Brings us to Stung from 2015. Stung or Sei Destruction is a 2015 German American independent science fiction horror comedy film directed by Benny Dietz, written by Adam Arsty and starring Matt O'Leary, which we know him from Frailty, the little boy from Frailty, oh. Jessica Cook, Lance Hendrickson, Clifton Collins Jr., Cecilia Pilato, and Eve Slatner. We're going to do is cut to the trailer of Stung and be right back. A no joke. Do you want to hear it? <clears throat> Not really. What is a bee's favorite movie? No idea. Wow. This place is a piece. You'll see it has its charms. Hey there. Put you in charge, huh? You got much experience? Yeah. I'm good at serving drinks. I'm good at consuming alcohol, so really I'm overqualified for the job. <laughs> He likes you. Yeah, no. I'm pretty sure I'd rather jump off a cliff. Hey, Mr. Mayor, everything okay? Yeah, this party needs an autopsy. <laughs> Did you see that? There are these massive wasps flying around here. You should be careful. Ow! They're like this. They're huge. Avoid everything here. It's, it's bad. Oh, poor baby. Thank you all for coming. And for leaving the kids at home. Ah! Help! I think something's been in 
gosh. What the hell just happened? Those bees. They're not bees. Those are wasps. Bees, wasps. How the hell can all of this be happening? How do I know when you'll be back? You don't. Welcome back to the Relations Podcast, and we're discussing Stung from 2015, starting with you, Joe. What are your views of Stung? Um, I liked it, but I liked it a lot better in 1968 when it was Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's got the same beats entirely. Um, I actually didn't know what this movie was because I'd never heard of it. Um, and when I when I saw it, I was like, okay, is it like some some awful sci-fi channel movie that's just and no it wasn't it's actually pretty good um it was not what i expected at all i expected it to be something along the lines of like you know sharknado or dino croc or something like that and this was uh this was a lot better than i uh than i expected it to be um again kind of likable characters uh for the most part um yeah. I mean, what, about like 20 minutes in, what, you know, you, you start to realize this is going to be Night of the Living Dead because they're going to they're, they're going to like all just get holed up in the uh, in the mansion and uh, and fight the, the invading hordes of wa- giant wasp creatures that are popping out of humans because they're, they're using the humans to nest, it seems like. Um, yeah. yeah, it's a fun little fun and like little tarantula. They're tar- like tarantula hornets. That, that's what they do. If you like, well, I get disgusted. Google tarantula hornets. Yeah, they're, it's they're, bloody they're, disgusting. They're really they're a real hornet. Basically, what they do is they're 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 parasitic um, wasps, and what they basically do is when they put their stinger in you, they're actually planting their eggs in you. Yeah. And disgusting. then what happens basically is uh, um, you, if you don't know about it, you don't pull the stinger out. Then what basically happens is that your skin starts giving birth to all these baby wasps. Yeah, and it happens. Ooh. It doesn't happen to people too often, but it does happen to animals in certain areas, like cows and stuff. You just have to watch out for it. That explains the uh, the ending. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, the cowbells. And uh, yeah, they, I was like, are they carrying cows? All right, that explains that. <laughs> that was the, yeah, yeah, that was pretty funny. I had to do a double take. I hadn't seen this one before. If I did, I forgot. Mm-hmm. No, I had never seen it. Uh, I was like, "This is uh, this is actually a lot better than I than I thought." I watched it with my roommate. He's like, "That was a that was better than it had any right to be." I was like, "Yeah, it really was." <laughs> I, yeah, yeah it's, uh, especially who? What's the name? I cannot. I can't repl- I place his name here in my notes either. The guy that had like the sec the wasp head right here. Oh, <laughs> uh, Christian Collins Jr. Yes, uh, yeah, that, that was the actor. I don't remember yeah, his yeah, and the wasp is just like you know what? What was that reminiscent of? I'm trying to think of what movie that was. What movie was the with the two headed guy? It's an old movie. God, why can't I remember that? The guy puts the other the head on the other guy. He's a black guy, and the other guy is a racist. He's a white guy. He's a racist, and he puts the black man's head on the shoulder. And he I don't goes, know. Oh, yeah, it's like a really that? bad film. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my God, you want to talk to me? You got to watch it, Joe. It's so up your alley. I, I, when I find the title, I'm, def- I'm going to find it. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. it was one of those movies that has to be seen. <laughs> Just has yeah. to be seen. But that's I'll what it reminded me of. And the wasp was like kind of dictating his central nervous system, I guess. And he was, you know, that was disgusting. That mm. was. Just anything, you know, any kind of parasite that gets in your body. Or, you know, I mean, then they do do that because the tarantula wasp will actually lay eggs in a tarantula and they will, when they're, they come out like, like alien, you know, pop out of your chest or whatever, they start feeding on the host. So, I mean, it, it, it really is quite a little nature. There was a lot in these movies that I think we could say was disgusting. Uh, this was, this was an Anything yeah. sticking a, a, their their stinger in your body and laying eggs right there, that is about the most fucked up thing I could think of today. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> no. <laughs> mm. But it was it was a fun movie, though. I mean, you got these... And, you know, I was sitting there thinking that was reminiscent of also for the middle of COVID. And so the news is running out of shit. So what do we got to come up with? Mutant giant wasps coming to the United States. Why would anybody even put that story out there last year? The giant killer hornets are coming yeah that yeah. was that was a problem for like a day <laughs> Is it kind maybe of four or five days it was a big thing for four or five days but everybody got spooked about everything everybody's sitting in their house all fucking paranoid and juiced up on beer and marijuana or whatever it is y'all were doing during the, the lock that's worried about murder hornets <laughs> well the parasitic wasps are actually indigenous to north america they are they are, yeah. Better not be. I bet you they're but in Texas. What, Any- what they what what they tend to do is they go for like um smaller like um worms and plant and insects. But if they were as big, if they grew as big as they would here, then they would probably would do damage to the humans if they were bigger. And why did they grow big? Because uh, because of the fertilizer, uh, fertilizer. which if you look at the fertilizer. Can, or fertilizer. <laughs> If you look at the canister, the uh, the fertilizer was called trioxin, which I think might have been a little uh, little nod to Return of the Living Dead, <laughs> mm. probably intentionally. So yeah, this was uh, this was kind of this was kind of cool too. This was kind of fun. Um, and again, you get Clifton Collins Jr. being like just completely over the top, <laughs> and Lance Hendrickson seemed to not give a shit. He just came off that way to me. I think he, you know, the thing about him is that. Oh, man, you got to look up the pictures of the. (laughs) (laughs) You got to look up the pictures of tarantula hawks and then their offspring being born. Everybody go out there and Google it. If you hear this. (laughs) God, nasty. Well, I mean, what they they do basically is when they plant their eggs and when the eggs grow, it basically makes the whatever it's going to explode. And kills the kills whatever this latest eggs in. So that's what they do, sort of thing. I mean, the garden pitch for Stung is Garden Garden State versus Aliens. That's the, the elevator pitch for Stung, sort of thing. What's that? I said the elevator pitch for this is Garden State versus Aliens. Right now, I have to sit there and say it's good to see Matt O'Leary. Um, because I always thought, I mean, when I saw him in Frailty, the Bill, um. Paxton film that he directed, that little boy in there, and I thought he was brilliant. So it's good to see him as an adult. He, there's something very charming a lot of and fun. about him. 
That's what I quite like. Yeah, the, the, the cast is very likable. And I like the romance between those two, you know, that she's the boss and then yeah. he's a, a little bit of a screw up. And then, and what develops there. And I thought that was quite nice to have that as a central, central little theme there. But I have to sit there and say that when the mayhem does take over, it does take over very quick and furiously. You have like this kind of a slow buildup and then bam, it hits and then it's nonstop from there on out sort of thing. So. <laughs> It's just all those those hornets start flying around at that party, and everybody's just getting stung to death. <laughs> and they're not thinking of just running in the house. A lot of them are sitting there trying to swat away these like dozens of of wasps that are coming at them, and like they're they're over they're they're outnumbering you. They're going to get you. I was going to say with wasps. Wasps are horrible because the thing is, if you ever if you ever disturbed a wasp nest or anything like that. They're relentless. They don't leave. They don't like zoom after you and you go. You run away. They like they they Thank stalk you. you. They go after you. I don't know what it is about them, but they're vindictive. <laughs> they're very aggressive. <laughs> they are. I don't know what it is. Like if you ever tried to swap, if you don't kill one, if you like if you're outside and you don't kill a wasp, and that's they're, if you if you ignore them, they're fine. But if as soon as you start swatting at them, that's it. They're after you. Yeah, they keep coming like, back. Precisely. They will come exactly. after you. We have these like big red wasps in Texas. Like if you put them up against a quarter, they're a little larger than the quarter. And I mean, I've been outside. I go, look at the hummingbird. It's not. It's like it's not a hummingbird. It's a freaking wasp. And you know, I mean, you can literally hit it with it. It, it, it's, it. You can't hit them with your hand, but I've hit them with brooms. I don't know where they come. They must live in the ground. That's the only thing. I, I think they live in the ground. Pretty sure. They, but they're not like those paper mache nests that you find under things. But I mean, to make a horror movie out of something that's so aggressive, you know, it's got to work, you know, because you know that people, a lot of people, everybody has a natural instinctual fear of bees and stingers and wasps and everything. So, you know, and then they have that one scene, well, you know, that that stinger is going to go in her eye. And I'm just the eyeballs. That's the one thing that upsets me in, in campy films is the eyeball stuff. I don't do eyeballs. Then you got a killer hornet <laughs> trying to pierce her eye with its, you know, ah. Uh, it's like, no, no eyeballs. But it is. It's sort of like Jason, you know, where he shoots that arrow, you know, and through that guy's eye. Just like, why? No eyes. <laughs> no, I was thinking of a Lucio Fulci movie. Well, whenever, Which one? Every, every Lucio Fulci movie, whether it's, uh, uh, whether it's zombie or, flesh eaters. or yeah, every one of them always has some kind of eye trauma. Eye thing. Yeah, he's a, he's into eye popping and all kinds of stuff like that. Oh, I mean, yeah. I can watch it, but I kind of have to. I grimace. It's cringe. It cr- makes me cringe. Eyeballs make me cringe. I mean, plus, if you've ever had had something stuck in your eye, or, or like I, I had a scratched cornea. I that, that. That is like the worst. Like that was the one time in my life where I'm like, I just want to die. Like, I don't I want to deal before. with this anymore. And it's only for a couple of days. But you're sitting there going, no, you know what? I'd rather just be dead. Because you can't open I your eye. You can't move it. Just everything hurts. I had to go to the ER. I was like, had this thing of scotch tape. And I couldn't get the tape off. And I was like, I was younger. And I was like, pulling it. And finally, the tape popped. And I went, just Ooh. totally scratched. I know. My mother took me to the ER. I was like five or six. It took like 20 nurses to hold me down. Try to fix my eyes. <laughs> pissed off it. Yeah, eyeballs. Ever since then, eyeballs have been an issue for me. Mm-hmm. 
What's that? Where's that? What's that movie with the giant eye? Remember the giant eyeball? Crawling eye. There's a lot the of crawling eye with the big yeah, retina the, behind it. <laughs> crawling eye. Yeah. That was a, that was such a disturbing movie. I think that's Forrest Tucker in it as well, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh yeah, it does. But, um, I mean, uh, the interesting the song is another one of those low-budget films that basically uses practical effects and little CGI to help boost yeah. the practical effects. But they I did a fantastic they, job with the Hornets. They were great. Yeah, and I thought that was quite nice. That and that's why I always quite like having the mix of practical effects and CGI together. I think yeah. they work very well together. I think I think that's I think you're correct in that because all the Hornets were done by puppeteers. Oh, really? Yeah. That so. explains why it looked so good then, because I was like, these don't look like these awful no, CGI. No, they don't look like CGI. So, yeah, that actually works. I didn't realize that they were, some of them were practical. I'm uh, I'm, I'm becoming more of a fan of this movie now. Um, but it's actually, yeah, it's it's legitimately entertaining. It's, it's, it's a fun little movie to watch. Mm-hmm. Um. I would definitely say, like uh, like earlier with Tix, I would definitely suggest anybody listening to this go check it out because it is a fun little movie. It is. Fun. A good, they make a nice double feature as well. I thought because I watched one after the other. I was like, actually, this is quite a good double. Silly movie horror film. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. I watched. Yeah, I watched them both yesterday. So, mm-hmm. Ooh, excuse me. But I mean, if you do think about it, let's sit there and just sit there and just give the thought of let's sit there and let's say that steroid. Putting steroids into the ground or in, would do this to animals? Could you imagine? That yeah. would explain. Yeah. That would explain Night of the Lepus, <laughs> 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 which yeah. I can't ever get over that movie. I don't think I'm ever going to recover from watching that. But well, no, nothing's worse than giant bunny rabbits. <laughs> Or Food of the Gods. <laughs> Food of the Gods is another one, isn't it? Another one of those bad, bad movies where basically it has gigantic, what you know, gigantic, bunny gigantic wildlife, carnivorous never... giant bunny rabbits. Okay. Yeah. I it was, was weren't, the bunnies weren't so cute. <laughs> like, like the whole time. What did you like, see? Well, I mean, they got a whole bunch of bunnies and they're all grouped together. You know. <laughs> I mean, I just can't. I'm gonna probably have to watch that again. <laughs> well the worst thing about it because it's done in the, because those films are done in the 60s and 70s before there were animal rights during yeah. the film, god knows what they were doing to these animals oh no shit well look at cannibal ferox and cannibal oh. holocaust that's some fucked up shit yeah but at least at least at least the locals were eating the animals up that are killing them i mean they were using i mean they killed the animals but they were they using cut that- they cut that turtle's hands off or his things oh, off. Yeah, but they but they were eat they did they did eat it afterwards. You know what oh, I'm I saying? I know they but, used his thing, they used his shell to make soup or something. They were cooking it. Oh my yeah, god. Not like not like the snake in poor Friday the thirteenth. <laughs> She's like, oh, man. just kill it. Stop it in half. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that I think with Night of the Leapus, I think there were a bunch of rabbits that that actually got killed. I forgot how many. Mm-hmm. There were a lot though. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, they were I blowing mean, shit up, and you know there was all kinds of stuff going on in that movie. Well, even when you watch stuff like Willard or Ben, and they yeah, and they set all those rats on fire. They probably are just because you know it was before CGI, so they probably were setting those rats on fire. <laughs> well, yeah, think of the movies of the '30s and stuff. You know, what movie did we cover with the werewolf, and they used a hyena for the werewolf? What was that movie? Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> it was old. Oh, was it well, like... maybe it was maybe I'm thinking of uh, 
Nosferatu. Yeah. And, I think Nosferatu. One of those films where they, they used uh, a hyena for a werewolf. Yeah, because they couldn't they can find a wolf. No. <laughs> so they get a hyena. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it is before the internet, so people didn't go up and start searching. <laughs> that's for the true. Wolf they wouldn't have known the difference. <laughs> I guess if you're like small town somewhere, small town nowhere, I guess unless you unless the encyclopedia salesman came to your door, you probably would have no clue. <laughs> yeah. Watertown, 1932. Did I send you guys that clip last week when I was watching Devil Dog, The Hound of Hell? And uh, there, there was a, uh, a scene where, like, the, uh, the maid of this, uh, this family is, like, warning them that the dog is pure evil, and it cuts the dog. And it's, like, this cute little puppy that's just, like, sitting in a basket, and he looks up, and they're playing, like, this dramatic music behind it. And I'm like, that's, that's supposed to scare me. <laughs> He's a killer. He's a killer. He's a Yorkshire Terrier. He's a killer. He's a killer. <laughs> I remember. I remember backing it up and picking up my phone. Like I gotta show. I gotta show people this. I was this wondering what the fuck you were watching. Let's go. What is he watching? <laughs> I, I went down the. I went down the rabbit hole because I had. Uh, I had been researching uh, Curtis Harrington's The Old Dark House. Oh, I'm sorry, James Whale's The Old Dark House. And Curtis Harrington was the one who kind of like rediscovered it in the sixties. Like he went, like he made it like his life mission to find a copy of that movie because it was considered lost. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go. I remember watching a couple of Curtis Harrington made for TV horrors from the seventies that I kind of liked. And I saw that um, Media Blasters had just put out Devil Dog: The Hound of Hell on Blu-ray. I'm like, I remember liking that. Let me order it. And then I watched it. I was like, I mean, it's fun, but <laughs> it's a fun little movie. It, it is a good little movie, but. The scenes were like they're trying to make you fear this cute little puppy is hilarious. There's just no way. I'm gonna have to go back and watch that clip again. I, I, I'm gonna. I, I don't remember if I sent it to you. If I didn't, I'll send it to you after this. Yeah, do so because I want to see the killer puppy. I've never <laughs> seen a killer puppy before. A, didn't he do it's like Curtis Harrington? Didn't he do like Who Slew Annie Rue? Yeah, and, yeah, he uh, did a lot. And of those what's the matter with yeah. Helen and Killer Bees? And yep, yeah. A you see all these old Hollywood actresses out of retirement and put them in horror films. So I think that seemed to be, yeah, that seemed to be his thing in the seventies. Like he would get these old, like like thirties and forties horror horror actresses and do a new movie with them. But he uh, he was a pretty solid director. Unfortunately, he seems to be forgotten by time. That's sad. Yeah. Well, I mean, I do. I mean, I love Who Slew um, Auntie Rue and um, What's the Matter with Helen. I love those films. I have the DVD where they basically brought them out on, um, like, you know, Midnight Drive-In. Oh, the Midnight Media, uh, the Midnight Movies label, the MGM one, yeah. Yeah. I had that DVD. I don't know where, I don't know if it's still in my locker or not. I gotta, I gotta check my storage. I quite quite like this film, actually. I liked a lot of his films. Uh, But yeah, where we're, how do we get off on this tangent now? Because we're, oh, we were talking about, um, I think we've gone from Giant Wasps to Devil Dogs. No, I think what happened was we were talking about great little animals on steroids and so, yeah, oh, yeah. And then Night of the Lepus, and then that's where <laughs> that's what started. We got off track like this. What is it? Yeah. So, but um, yeah, I mean, I have to sit there and say that um, I think that you know, got this film's got a lot going for it. I'm, you know, I do think that it came if it came out at a different time, I think it probably would have had a bigger audience. The first time I saw this it was Shutter. It was one of the Shutter premieres uh, uh, okay. a couple of years ago, and I saw it on Shutter. And I watched it on Shutter. I go, God, this is really good. 
and then I couldn't place the guy in it. It's like, God, I know him. I know him. Cause, and then, then basically it's like, you know, oh my God, it's the kid from Frailty. Cause I love Frailty. Frailty was one of my favorite films of that year when it came out. And it's sad that Bill Paxton didn't actually make another movie after that sort of thing. Cause I thought he was a pretty good director sort of thing. But, um, I, I don't remember much about Frailty. I remember I liked it. I remember I, I rented it. On I love VHS. Frailty. Um. Yeah, I do remember liking it. That's what he's like a religious fanatic in that, right? Well, it's kind of a disturbing movie because he's killing people that are like pedophile. He sees people that were that have actually committed sins like pedophilia, rape, murder, and you know he's he's going to like just you know he's going to take them out. And then you got you got one young you got two two sons. One son believes that he is the mess that the dad is the messenger, and the other son doesn't yeah. believe that he is. So I, yeah, you're never I quite sure if he is or not. And, it was and Dexter before Dexter. And then, of course, you get the, like the big the end sort of thing. The ending kind of totally drew me. The ending really drew me. Yeah, but it was very, very clever. But I just remember the, the two kids in that were like fantastic. I mean, they were like. Oh, they did a fantastic job. Excellent and acting. And then it's like you never saw them again. And then all of a sudden, you know, and then he appears here. And he's like, a pops up in this. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, he was really good. He was in that James Wan movie. Shit, um, the the Death Wish uh, type movie that James Wan did with Kevin Bacon. Um, yeah, he was uh, he was one of the gang members in that. Uh, uh, Matt O'Leary. He was um, shit. Yeah, I think he was one of the gang members. Actually, yeah, I, I'm, I'm since now realized is like you know when I looked him up that he's actually appeared in a lot more things that I've seen, but I didn't actually recognize. Him. He probably, you know, what he's just got one of those faces. He probably might have slipped through the cracks when you're you know when you're watching the movie, you don't realize you're watching kind of thing well i have to sit there and say that he has an impossible task in here because the thing is because this character is kind of doofus but at the same time you got to make him likable and he becomes very very likable day to day and what whatnot but but he still keeps it but he's still able to keep that doofus because the thing is, he could have been really annoying i think it's another actor that's could have been really annoying his character yeah. but, but yeah because he was such a likable and she's very likable as well because otherwise if they got another actress in that, she would just sound like a total bitch all the time. Yeah, all she, she, came, she came off at the beginning like she was being way too hard on him. Like, like when he first opens the back door of the van and like a bunch of stuff falls over, she's like, what, what the, the hell did you do? And I'm like, yo, content shift during, uh, during all that motion. You guys were driving up and down all these bumpy roads. When he opens that door, yeah, stuff's going to fall out. It's going to happen naturally. Yeah, I thought at the beginning she was kind of hard on him, but then, yeah, she kind of grew on me too. You, you, you kind of start to get the sense of what, she, you know, she's trying to, she, you know, she's living in her father's shadow kind of. So, I, yeah, they made everybody kind of likable, which is, I, I, I also did not expect in this movie. No. Um so I, was I wasn't really expecting the ending. No, not either. They're having sex in the ambulance. They're fucking in the ambulance. And then, and then there's a large cow hornet. <laughs> <laughs> large cow hornet. The, the ambulance driver just closes the door. It's all right. I'm just going to walk away. I thought another thing that was quite interesting, which Tix kind of goes, okay, we need a, a, a human villain here. I thought that Stung was quite interesting. They didn't. They didn't go. They didn't go that route. They didn't need a human villain in the middle of all this, or someone who's well, he was that, kind of a really annoying now. person who needs to. I need to take charge. Blah, blah, blah. And they did, They kind of avoided that, which I thought was which made the movie a little bit special as well. Because normally, what they always do is you know get a bunch of people, whether it's Poseidon Adventure, or Tower Inferno, or you know 
whatever movie you're watching, there's some kind of disaster. You always get this one annoying human being that doesn't listen to everyone you want. And basically, you know, the one who's going to get killed, at the, you know, going to get killed at some point because you know, he thinks he knows it all, but knows nothing. Did and you I think Clinton was... Collins was kind of like a bad guy towards the... No, the... he was just kind of a person who was under the shadow of his mom sort of thing. That's how I took him to be. Well, he kind of lost his shit when he, you know, had that hornet head stuck on his shoulder there for a while. <laughs> yeah. But I'm saying that, but it's not that he knew, he didn't, I mean, basically he was just like, you know, he's in a panic and didn't know what the hell was going on like everyone right. else. But it's basically, you know, but he was like, you know, he started out as a weird character anyway, and because this had to do with his mom, the whole relationship between his mom. So he, yeah, so his character, so his character, even after his mom dies and whatever like that, his character pretty much stays the same. So, but he wasn't like trying to take charge of it. Oh, we need to do this. And meanwhile, everyone's like, going, no, we, need, you know what I mean? You didn't have that, you know, even in like a Night of the Living Dead, you have that. You know, the guy in the cellar with his family and basically, you know, he has to like throw his Well, yeah, Lance Hendrickson, he was a really strong character. He was the mayor, Mayor Carruthers. I liked him, actually. Did you, read the, did you read the story about how they got him? Um, no, the director, I did the, not. Who, the director said, who can he get? He goes, let's try for Han- Lance Hendrickson. He'll never do it, but just ask him. They asked him, to go, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I think it's great. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> and they're like, and so he was out drinking with his friends. He gets the phone call. Yeah, Lance is going to do it. He's like, what? Really? Okay. And Lance so. Hendrickson is drinking throughout this movie. <laughs> like drinking, drinking? No, I, I don't know about that. No. <laughs> I mean his character. Like they're they're being attacked by wasps. He walks back to the table to get his glass of wine. Yeah, that's true. He did. <laughs> I would have brought the whole bottle at this uh, point. He was great, yeah. though. I always think he's just got one of those weird. You know, he was weird in, in uh, Aliens, you know, or Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead, he was just wicked out there in that one. Or Near Dark. Great. Oh, movie. yeah. And, of course, the Chris Carter show, Millennium. He's fantastic in that as well. So. And I actually watched him in a train wreck of an Italian movie called The Visitor recently, where uh, it stars John Huston. It's kind of an omen ripoff. And oh, the yeah. cast is fantastic, but the movie's just completely inept, and it's fantastic because of that. <laughs> so, Vicky, what are your final thoughts of Stung? It's disgusting. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... If anything's gonna get if anything's gonna get you going is bugs. I'm telling you, you couldn't pick a better subject to gross me out is bugs. You know, I mean, I mean, who isn't re- re- revolted by you know pests sometimes, like cockroaches or snakes or whatever. Reptiles don't bother me, so like they just don't. So but, next I month, mean, hornets, huh? So next, next month, month with Godzilla, you'll be fine. I'll be fine with Godzilla. I love Godzilla. I mean, you know, everybody needs a radiated iguana in their house. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it's a lot of fun watching movies like that. You know they're not realistic, and you know that's why they're so fun. And then you get people in here, you know, that you have people that have good name, the, the big names, and for whatever reason, they decide to throw in and do it. You know, so it's always entertaining. They're unbelievable. But Like the giant wasp nest. Was that in the house? Did they make a giant wasp nest in the house? And there's like oh, tons of wasp nest in it. Yeah, and they're coming down the thing. Yeah, I think so. I think that I think they did. They made a, a nest in the house. 
but it's a lot of fun. The characters are fun. You kind of get vested vested in the characters once again because the characters are just incredibly crazy and fun to watch. Oh, you, you just you just reminded me of uh, t- uh, towards the climax where she's lighting the um uh the what do you call it the um the the, the burners for uh for the catering thing oh yeah and she throws oh, yeah. it on top of the other pile and it cuts to one of the wasps who's like actually like looking at it as it drops onto the others and I I burst out laughing at that I was like I can't it's fucking- well they did such a good job with them as they're puppets you know it's like yeah you, you know like actual you know handheld you know, material making these scenes along with CGI, and it just made for a great combination. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a lot of fun. I, I mean, I don't know how you could like movies like this. It's just she's, fun. she's trying to elbow a flaming wasp, but she just keeps hitting it. And nothing goes, wasp. doesn't oh, yeah. hurt her at all. I know that the wasp that was stuck wasp onto the car. Fine. That wasp, like Keith says, they will chase you down, you know, and that that, that wasp was totally on fire. How is it still alive? I mean, really. How, and how is it not hurting her, this giant flaming wasp, but she's just hitting it with her elbow and like it's not burning her at all. What are your final thoughts, Joe? Uh, it was it was campy, goofy fun. Uh, <laughs> it was campy, goofy fun. <laughs> the um, the thing that stuck out to me was how uh, the the first like maybe two thirds of it were basically neither living dead, uh, it, and it, uh, everything down to um, uh, when Ben and uh, and the others leave to leave to get the uh, to get the truck. That we have that scene here too, where. Uh, uh, Matt O'Leary leaves to go to the- so it's uh it's fun it is a fun little movie though um they, they um yeah like like I said with with ticks if you just if you just want something to just entertain you and again I think this was kind of short too I think this was only like 85 or 90 one minutes also one so yeah they're they're both kind of a breeze to watch they're really quick uh if you're looking like like for just a couple of movies to just kind of throw back some beers with your friends and just kind of have fun. These are fun little, little movies that are actually kind of entertaining. Both of them are. Um, so yeah, totally. I, I, I loved it too. I absolutely love it. I think, I mean, my views as strong as I love this film. I just, I saw it on shutter and I watched it quite a few times when it was on the shutter run. Um, I think it's off shutter over here at the moment. I'm not sure about in the U S I don't think it's on here but either. I, I rent it. I, I I watched it quite a few times and I just love it. And I, the performances, are, and you know what? I think with this and with um, Ticks, I think what makes it is that I think that the actors are having a really good time while making it. It just feels like everyone's kind like of like together and everyone's having it. a good time while they're making this. It doesn't look like you know, and it looks like all the actors are not just like actors for hire. They're like invested in it. They're like, okay, I'm I'm, I'm game for this. Let's go. And it, and that's. And you kind of feel that camaraderie yeah. and it's stung. And you'd feel it in ticks as well. That's what I quite like about it. And it's fun. I mean, it's just like, it's very rare that a horror film that doesn't take itself too seriously. It's either you get something that's very meta, where it's like you got these characters walking around, like walking, you know, like they know everything about horror films. And they have to like recite, you know, the, bi- the horror story Bible or and it's very rare they just get films where people just get regular characters who are very likable. They just go in and basically if something horrible happens and they're fighting to survive and just go for it sort of thing. You know, there's no winking at the you know camera at all either and they keep you just going. And that's what I liked about 
um, so. Oh, it was fun. I love it. Well, wrong with the, films like this on a rainy day. No, uh, you can watch it anytime. I, I mean, I, I actually bought copies of both of these sort of things. So I have copies in my collection. Hold it is extremely camera. expensive right now. I'm gonna. I'm hoping somebody. What is that. the? Why is the price up on that? Why is that so expensive? Print. Yeah, it's just out of print. print. So yeah, the people oh, who have it are charging exorbitant amounts of money. Meanwhile, there Stone has to like, be a way to to be able to tape up of internet TV. <laughs> that there has to be a way. It's on. Uh, the Tix is on YouTube in full. Uh, film. Yeah. It up. It's on. It's on Amazon for free. Amazon Prime. It's on Amazon for free as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, stung on DVD is like five bucks right now on Amazon. At least uh, last time I checked. Um, yeah, it was about three ninety nine or something like that. I'm gonna yeah. try to find a Blu-ray of it. I think it's you know I got I got it on DVD, but so I haven't actually looked. I mean I, I watched. I don't know the if there is a Blu-ray. Yeah. Of stung or ticks. Of stung. Stung. I don't think there's a Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. I think it's only on DVD. Uh, but yeah, it's a, a fun little movie though. Um, yeah, I rented it off of uh, off of iTunes, and I might actually dip and buy the DVD too because it is it is a fun little movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not seeing any Blu-ray. And you can watch it over and over. That's what I quite like about these movies. I've seen Tick so many times, and I see Stung so many times. That, and I can, I mean, to be honest, I can a week from now I can still watch them over and still enjoy them. So as well, that's masculinist. Yeah, these definitely have a rewatchability uh, quality to it. Yeah, definitely. So that brings us to the end of the Literary License Podcast. Next month will be the end of our Nature versus Man. We'll be doing Godzilla, the original. And, well, I think we're going to be doing the original cut of it. So we won't be doing the American cut. We'll be looking for the original cut of Godzilla. And, of course, we'll be doing the remake, not the Matthew Broderick one, but the one that came after that one. We're going to avoid the Matthew Broderick. um... That's a no-go for me. I tried. I watched quite a few times, but I can't get into it. I've never been. It's well, long. It's you know, drawn when, out. When Godzilla's laying eggs in, um, you know, Madison Square Garden, it kind of like kind of goes down. I mean, it was going downhill anyway, but that's kind of where it started going below ground sort of thing. Below but, ground hill. Yeah. I, I, I just didn't like that. Godzilla, he didn't even scream enough. You know, Godzilla's noise that he makes that big roar. They didn't even roar. He didn't even shoot fire. Well, I think it was done by Roland's, what's his name? Roland's Roland Emmerich. Dominic. And he has a habit. It's all about the special effects, not about the story. If, you, if you've ever watched any of his other films. Well, it doesn't work for him. Not in this yeah, film. I didn't rarely, think so. Not in that Godzilla. It very rarely works for any of his films, really, if you think about them. But that also came out of time in the 90s where they, they wanted to kind of subvert everything. Like uh, they wanted to do a Superman movie where he's never in the suit and he doesn't fly. There's certain things you just can't take away, so, and I think that's mm-hmm. what they tried to do with that Godzilla. Yeah. movie. make a Godzilla movie that doesn't really have Godzilla. It doesn't look anything it's like, like Godzilla. Make... It doesn't roar like him. Yeah, another you know, thing is you can't make a God- Godzilla and like King Kong. They they're not villains. They're not victims. really. No, yeah. So you can't make you can't make them these villains characters. They you know the the new Godzilla. 
the, my favorite scene in that new one was when he jumps up on top and starts clawing his way up on that aircraft carrier. That was like badass. Friggin' best scene. Then King Kong sucker punches him. It's like, yes, it was excellent. <laughs> Fun little movie. I loved it. Well, so that'd be our that'll be our finale for na- Nature versus Man. Of course, Dark Shadows and Soap will be coming up. Dark Shadows next week, up the following week, and we'll be doing our final classic novels, which will be Moby Dick by Herman Melville and the film with Gregory Peck. And of course, we'll be finishing off our Dark Shadows, and that will be the end of season four next month. So, and then we'll go on to season five, and we'll tell you more about that next episode. So, it's good night for myself. And good night, Vicky. Night, people. Good night, Joe. Good night, everyone. Every time you take a sip In this smoky atmosphere You press that bottle to your lips And I wish I was your beer And in the small there of your back Your jeans are playing peekaboo Of your butterfly tattoo Hey, that gives me an idea Let's get out of this bar Drive out into the country And find a place to park Cause I'd like to see you Out in the moonlight I'd like to kiss you Way back in the sticks I'd like to walk you Through a field of wildflowers I know the perfect little path Out in these woods I used to hunt Don't worry babe, I've got your back And I've also got your front I'd hate to waste a night like this I'll keep you safe, you wait and see The only thing allowed to crawl all over you When we get there is me You know every guy in here tonight would like to take you home But I've got way more class than them, babe, that ain't what I Yeah.